to You Learn Something New Every Day on Community Roundup. I am Joan Boyko, Coordinator of Communications and Community Outreach for the Palm Springs Unified School District. We are here with you the second Sunday of each month to share something new and exciting about the district. Thank you to Alpha Media for allowing us the opportunity to be a part of this show. And our segment, of course, is produced by my dedicated student interns here in the Digital Arts Technology Academy also known as DATA, at Cathedral City High School under the direction of Mr. Bryce Johnson. Our interns are Danica Palmersheim, Cynthia Alvarez, and today on the board is Raymond Ruiz. Nice to have you on the board, sir. Hi, Joan. Yeah, it's great to have uh, you. do a lot of behind the scenes work, but Cynthia is usually here on the board, so it's nice to have a, a different face. So thank you, thank you for everything that you guys do. The show would not be possible without you. Uh, I show up and talk, that's the easy mm -hmm. part, and you guys do all the heavy lifting, so thank you, thank you. And today on the show, I am very pleased to welcome back our head honcho, Superintendent of Schools, Dr. Mike Sweezy, and if you like what you hear on the radio portion of the show, I will give you information at the end so that you can hear the rest of it and subscribe to our podcast. Mike is... Our beloved superintendent of schools, welcome back, boss. Thanks, Joan. Great to be back. I always love doing this show with you. Thank you very much. And for those who don't know you, and I can't fathom there are too many, but tell us how long you've been with the district and in what capacity. Well, this is my 33rd year in Palm Springs Unified. So I started as a teacher a long time ago out at Desert Springs Middle School. And uh, I've loved every minute of working for this incredible district. Okay, well, let, let's, you know, I know, to sh you know, we don't have that much time, but after you were a teacher, then what came next? Well, I had a great opportunity to work at the district office, worked in English learner programs, uh, did that for several years, worked with some wonderful people, and then moved to be a site principal. So I became the principal of Bubbling Wells Elementary, also in Desert Hot Springs, and then moved from there along with my students to Desert Springs Middle School, which was a very special treat to return as a principal yeah. where I had been a teacher and to be with students I'd had since kindergarten. So uh, that was a great time. Then I went back to the district office and worked in English learner programs and um, became the assistant superintendent, worked some, for some incredible superintendents in the past, and then I'm very, very honored to get to serve this school district, its employees, students, and families in the greater community as superintendent? Well, I, I certainly don't want to dwell on the, um, you know, horrors of the pandemic that hit us back in 2020, but you became the superintendent like we were still in the throes of it. It's still not over. But um, we, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about it a little bit. I mean, you the assistant superintendent of educational services in March of 2020 when we got hit along with the, the rest of the world. And, um, and then you became the superintendent in uh, July of 2021. And again, we were still in the, in the height of it. So I, I kind of just wanted you to touch on more of the response that our district staff, our families, our kids, what was that like? Well, definitely. I'll actually start, Joan, by sharing with you. I, I shared with our superintendent at the time, Dr. Sandra Lyon, um, 
if she had asked me to essentially overnight change our entire district from teaching in person to teaching online, I would have told her that it was impossible. Mm. Even though it would have been my responsibility to try to make it happen, I would have just said, we can't do that. Well, we did it. And we did it because we have over 2,800 incredible employees and very understanding students and families and teachers and people that work so hard. And as you've shared before, Joan, during those days of uh, how are we going to address this, um, no one ever said no. Everyone said, let's give it a try. I'll do my best. This is what I can do. And we did it as a district. And so I was very proud to be part of that. It wasn't easy. Uh, there's still some long-lasting effects that, that we feel from those school closures, um, but I could not be more proud of our district's response. All of the members from maintenance and operation, nutrition services, facilities, our classified staff, all of our teachers and administrators and managers throughout the district, everyone did whatever it would take to help our students continue to be successful. And so I've tried to keep that spirit and that um, attitude that we can do the impossible um, as we've come back. And I'll be honest, it's hard because um, these are hard jobs. These are hard jobs even in the best of times. And so many of our students and many of our staff are still having some effects from those school closures. But I know that there's not a district anywhere that is better positioned to help people, to help students close those gaps, and to help our employees uh, continue to be really productive and happy uh, working for this school district. So really, that's what I carry with me. And again, I've heard you say that too. It just, um, I've always said I love this district, but it gave me a deep and new found respect for every single person in the district. And so I try to remember that and I try to remind them of that in our tough times and when we're a little tired or when we face challenges that we've done incredible things and that by working together and staying positive and optimistic, we can continue to do those. You, you put it very well, very succinct, Mike, and, and that's, I, I talk about that kind of repeatedly on the show and I haven't said that to you in a long time. You have a great memory. <laughs> I really like I sometimes Thanks. I tell you things in passing and I think oh he's not going to remember that and you remember everything which is a little scary actually but um it's a it's a very good thing especially in your role and the thing that that really struck me in addition to the fact that nobody was afraid to try something different because they were uncomfortable they also had no problem with stepping in in a role that wasn't part of their job description right and almost everybody did that especially in ed services and I you know I didn't never went to the ed services meetings before because I'm not in ed services but during this time I did I came to all of them and they were of course all on zoom because that that's was right. the only way we could meet and I just was you know I kind of left with a with a, a drop jaw every week because every single person on that team mm would just jump on and say, I'll do that. And right. it had nothing to do with what they usually do. And I just, that's what this family's about. This, I agree. This Palm Springs Unified family. So, okay, we're not going to really talk about COVID anymore. Okay. 
Good. I think we need to move on to other things, even though just a reminder that it's still around. Still Thankfully, around. Thankfully, we're, we're back to, you know, like a new normal and we can have activities and our right. kids are not getting cheated out of their traditional, you know, things that happen during the school year. So that's great. So a big district, a big focus in our district for the past few years that continues to expand as we move forward is our commitment to equity, diversity, and inclusion. Um, talk about what that means and, and some of the things that we're working on. Absolutely. This is a project that is so very important to our school board, to all of the members of cabinet, and really throughout the entire school district. During those dark times of, of COVID and school closures and, and right after the murder of George Floyd, several district um, administrators and teachers and classified staff came together really to just express some of their grief and, and dismay at what was happening and to ask the question, what can we do as a large school district to make a real difference, to be an anti-racist organization, to, to really... Um, do our part in being a peaceful world where everyone can reach their their full potential. So that group was called ARC, Anti-Racism uh, Coalition, and they met via Zoom and talked about current challenges and problems and really started to map a way, uh, map a path for the district to, to become what we all really want to be, which is this very positive, productive, anti-racist organization. At the same time, our school board had always been asking questions about equity, especially around student achievement and student discipline. And so we knew that our school board also had this very deep value of diversity and equity. So around that same time, our school board established a policy. They're called Operational Expectations and outlined for us as a district some things that we need to work on and that we will report back to the board uh, publicly. The ARC committee also came up with some goals. We talked about having junior black achievers and a Taste of Soul event, looking at our advanced placement and honors courses and ensuring that we have equity, access, and success for all of our students in those courses. So all of these things were starting to swirl in the district right as I became the superintendent. So really my role has been to try to come up with a structure that takes all of those very powerful individual activities and puts it together in a district equity plan, an approach that's comprehensive, that we can report on, um, and that goes deeper than our very powerful five-member school board or our 50- or 60-person ARC committee, but really becomes part of the culture of the district. So this year, we've uh, started very intense professional learning, um, building on the past of conscious education, which we want all of our employees to participate in that excellent training offered by our own very own Palm Springs Unified Trainers. We're working with principals, we're working with cabinet, our school board is asking questions about equity. They've established a special equity subcommittee of our school district uh, board. We've hired a coordinator of diversity and racial equity. So all of these things are coming together. I have to say, um, 
there are still people in the district who say, but it's not happening fast enough. And that's work for me because I take that as I'm not communicating well enough about the need to go deep to do this work. You know, but that's a shame to hear that. At the same time, that's better to hear than we don't need to do this work, right? I mean, people who are frustrated because it's not moving fast enough, that's kind of a, you know, like, that's a good frustration to have. That's right. Like, okay, help us move faster then. But if you're really going to get to the crux of what needs to be done, it is a slow process and there's so many moving parts and there's so much that needs to be done and it will get done. And, uh, but, but a little frustration on the part of people and that's the frustration. That's not so bad. Yeah, no, I agree. I mean, (laughs) I I agree with you. It's the passion that that they, they see what's possible. And it's like what I said earlier, this district can do incredible things. And so that's my job is to keep us all moving in that same direction. Um, all of our departments are working so hard, educational services, human resources around recruitment and retention of diverse, uh, employees has just been outstanding. We've changed our interview practices, so many things. And we're going to have, we'll have, uh, Dr. Crawford, um, who's our, uh, coordinator and, uh, one of her equity specialists on the show as we did last year, we'll have them back. So we'll go deeper into the work that we're doing. So along with school districts across the state, we've been provided with funding for what is called expanding learning opportunities. Can you talk a little bit about that and uh, what, just like, just a flyover, because we also will have our director of that department oh, on good. a future show. She was here in the fall, but I'm going to bring her back before summer because there'll be lots going on. Just, lots. just a little over sure we we appreciate so much that the state of california recognizes that um, school is a great place for students to be so the expanded learning program helps us to offer some before school activities some after school activities weekends and during uh, extended breaks like winter break or spring break and so uh, we have the flexibility to do incredible enrichment programs and I know we've done cooking and art class and so many, so many exciting things. And students and parents have both expressed their appreciation to have a safe, productive place for their kids to go. It's optional, but we have so many students and families that take advantage of it. it it's a great program, and I know it's just in its early phases, and it will only continue to get better. We had, I think, about 400 of our students that... We're among the first to be at the uh, new Akersha Arena at a hockey game. And I, you know, I, I was sent, I didn't go to that. I went, actually, we had our leadership team go a couple weeks after that. But this was during um, winter break. Mm-hmm. I, was, I'm, I was thinking spring break right now. No, nope, winter. Not, I haven't done that yet. I'm ready for spring it's break. It's coming up. Um, <laughs> anyway, yeah, so it looked like everybody had a great time and what a great opportunity for for the kids they started it was a full day thing like nine hours because they started with the educational component at their sites and then they got transportation they went to the game they had food and they had a they had a really great time that's wonderful and yeah and there's been art you know art 
exhibitions like at the library and then like you said the dance and cooking right and cooking it's really great and it's only going to get bigger and better yes and our district decided that even though i think the the mandate was that it be for elementary school we extended it through or maybe sixth grade mm-hmm. because our middle schools are six to eight because it's good for all kids we right just extended it and it's open to all elementary and middle school yep students. it's wonderful so yeah so that's um that's really great one of the other things that our district has that many other districts do not like i really don't know of any maybe there's one other one in riverside county but that's it uh, their own mental health department and um especially now like I said, I wasn't going to talk about COVID anymore, but here I am back to it a little bit, especially in the times we're in now. What, what, what is having our own mental health department and our expansion of mental health services? And again, we will have the director of that department on too, Good. so you don't have to dive deep, but just uh, give us a flyover about that. Absolutely. Um... You know, the district is so fortunate. It, it honestly, I'll go back in time a little bit. It was probably about 10 years ago that our district first started talking about hiring our own licensed therapists and clinicians. And at the time, it was something that I had never heard of. I was the assistant superintendent at that time. We'd never heard of it. But what we did know is that our students and families needed the resource. Our school board has always supported us to provide everything possible we can to help our students be successful in school, whether that's food, shoes, backpacks, or mental health. So we started this very small mental health program, again, about 10 years ago, and I'm so glad that we did because we had the experience of hiring therapists and therapist interns and understanding that whole a little bit more medical world than an educational world. During the school closures, um, those mental health therapists were um, maxed out. I mean, every one of them, their caseloads were completely full, and we had dozens of students and families on waiting lists who really wanted services, but we just didn't have the staff to do it. So we've been slowly but steadily adding therapists We've also added uh, counselors at all of our schools in the district, and then recently social workers as well to help our families navigate uh, all the different options that they have to access resources. That's something we're super proud of in Palm Springs, this very strong mental health program, our counseling program, and of course, um, our therapists, uh, excuse me, our social workers as well. Our school district foundation has partnered with us um, to create wellness centers at all of our schools, and they've done an incredible job raising funds to um, outfit and um, furnish very welcoming spaces for students. They're, they're very exciting. Um, I know this isn't visual media, but uh, if you could see them, they, they just help you relax as soon as you walk in the door. Because of that great partnership with our foundation, it helped our district uh, access a large grant of over $2 million that will help us staff all of those wellness centers. So I think that's a great example of how this district and our foundation are committed to any needs that our students and families have. 
anything we can do to remove barriers that are keeping our students from being successful, we are committed to doing that. We're also gonna, and I don't remember the details of it, but when we have our director, Laura Musil on, we'll talk about that too. I think it's in Desert Hot Springs. It's gonna be like a mobile right. medical clinic, yeah. right? mobile and medical clinic. Basically, anybody who needs it can get whatever services that they need. And, and there have been times where those have been available at, during a health fair or right. something. This is different. You like make an appointment and, and up comes the, the mobile health right. services. And that's, that's incredible. And not a surprise, though, that our district does things like That's this. right. You know? I mean, it just really does. Yeah. And it's, um, it's just one of those things. Like, it just turns out that when there's something new and innovative right you just have to look and you, you right. end up seeing that our district is is in the forefront thanks for Spe saying that john well speaking of which i i didn't even have this on my list but we have a little time how about like drones mike i, I mean, know like, what's going on and uh, we have a, a new edition of school news that that just is hot off the presses you can find it on our website and the cover it sh shows all of, not all, some of the technology that is happening here. And again, we're on the cutting edge, but talk a little bit about drones. Well, you know, we've been doing drone camps and, and talking to students about possibilities of careers using drones and flying drones. But what we've started now is something that I am so excited about, um, and it's called drone soccer. And so it's a sport, and uh, you can look it up on YouTube. Um, it is a sport that students play by flying drones. Each drone is in the shape of a, of a ball, and the court that the students, or the field that the students are using for this competition is off the ground, right? They're flying in the air, and they're trying to navigate their drone through a hoop or through a goal. And at the same time, another team is trying to navigate their drone through a hoop or a goal on the other end. This is something that is a game, it's fun, it's exciting, but it also is teaching our students from a very early age how to proficiently fly a drone. And so um, we're so proud. We're gonna be hosting the- The timing could not be better. That's right. I think it's this month. <laughs> it's it's March 18th. It's next Saturday is uh, the West Coast Regional Championships for drone soccer. That's right. And it's all of the teams west of the Rockies. I don't know how many that there are, but not too many. And we have two of them. That's right. Because and we're, we're piloting this program at Nellie Kaufman at Desert Springs Middle School. And we had a we had drone camps for both That's of right. those sites, and it's so cool. I uh, drone soccer camps, I should say. Mm -hmm. And when our director of uh, technology was putting them together, and I was there taking photos, he gave me the um, controls. Big mistake. I told him, "Don't do it." He goes, "It's all right." And I go, "It's really not. It's not my thing." Luckily, I didn't bust the ceiling. <laughs> Thank goodness. That's that's where they went. And yet when the teacher, Eric Beal, over at Nellie Kaufman, he, um, he helped build them. And then he was just able to very efficiently fly that uh, soccer ball drone right through the goal. Yeah, 
it's very, amazing. Very cool. I'm so proud of everything that we're doing. And Me you too. know, um, and we're not gonna we're not gonna talk about it a lot because I want to leave time for you to to talk about accomplishments and challenges other than the ones we've already talked That's about. That's right. Like esports. Like oh, we're I on know. the cutting edge of that too. That's like, right. I remember when the then county superintendent came over, Judy White. Um, to see this program because I think they had only there's like a school in Orange County that was doing it and that was it right and she was just amazed that this is a thing this is a big thing big thing and there's a lot of young adults or even college students that are making tons of money absolutely competing in esports that's right and you need to you need to have the skills right and there's a lot of jobs that have to do with drones and flying them and you know they're going to be delivering your stuff pretty soon that's right if they haven't already that's right amazon and pizza yes, and all those right. kinds of things all right so dr sweezy in the the time we have left what do, what do you feel are some of the biggest accomplishments uh that you can take credit for or not but i know everything is a team effort but um some of the biggest accomplishments over the, the past couple of years, and then a few of the challenges. Absolutely. I, you know, I think we've touched on a lot of those yeah. accomplishments. Our people, one of our greatest resources, certainly we have an incredible team. Um, certainly our focus on student and staff, social, emotional health, and mental and physical health as well is something to be very proud of. Our work in the equity arena is, again, I think stands out. Um, in fact, let me just tell a real quick story about um, recently one of our board members at a board meeting asked uh, an executive director, where does Palm Springs Unified School District rank when compared to other districts in the county in terms of offering um, social, emotional, and mental health supports? And our executive director was very modest and wouldn't say where we rank, but I'll say we're number one. Really, Not a it, it is, in my opinion, um, and again, it's from the vision of our school board, which started many years ago with members who are no longer on the board. Um, they really established that culture for us that we're here to serve, that we're here to serve the community in addition to teaching science and social studies and Spanish and German and Latin at Palm Springs High School and all the different great classes that we teach. Um, we're here to serve the community. And we serve a big portion of the Coachella Valley greater community. And so if we can do that through food or offering vaccination clinics or free COVID testing when we needed that, um, or shoes for families that need that kind of support, we want to be here to do that for them. So I couldn't be more proud of that as, a, as an action, but also as a value. And yeah. because it's a district value, it will stay for many, many years. As far as challenges, um, you know, one challenge we certainly face is continuing to improve our academic achievement. Um, we're a great district, and our, our student achievement, we, we have so many smart people working so hard to help our students master the challenging content of each grade level, and I just know we all want a little bit more for our kids. And so... We're committed to do that work. There's no finer group of people to do that work. However, um, it's hard and it's yeah. a challenge. And, and part of the challenge is also uh, not feeling discouraged. So um, these are hard jobs. They're jobs we love. We're all called to serve. That's why we work here. But um, 
we want so much for our students. And so it's hard for us sometimes and we get down on ourselves or we get a little bit tired. And so I just always am here to encourage. That's another important part of my role to remind people that we can do those incredible things and that our kids deserve our very, very best. And for us to remain lifelong learners as well as our students. So we can always get better. Um, we're doing a great job now, but I'm so excited to see where we're going to go. Well, you know, and, and that's a, a great place to leave it. And, uh, and you are really good at, um, you know, leading the charge and, and encouraging everybody when things get a little rough. So thank you for that. And thank you for being here. We will definitely have you back Absolutely. in the fall. A new podcast is uploaded each week. Please subscribe by going to iTunes. Look for you learn something new. Press subscribe. Please tell all your friends to do the same. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you, Danica, Cynthia, and of course, Mr. Raymond. Thank you for being here. Thank well, you, Raymond. My pleasure, Joe. Great work. And we will see you next week. Yeah.